Hey, yo, what's good, y'all? Did you know that HIV treatment has changed over the years? Most HIV pills contain three or more medicines. Today, HIV pills with just two medicines may help you stay undetectable. That's nice, right? HIV pills are taken daily, so consider whether a pill with fewer medicines might be right for you. So how many medicines are in your HIV pill? If you don't know, it's no worries, because your doctor does. Talk to your doctor about a two-in-one HIV pill today. Visit www.fewerhivmeds.com to learn more. Brought to you by Vive Healthcare. You may have heard that most people who are black have O blood type. O is commonly needed for emergencies. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help us save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. When you start a statement with all men or all women and you follow it up with any opinion, oftentimes it says more about you than the people you think you're talking about. Damn, you just going to put people on Front Street like that off the bat in the soundbite? Deadass. Well, shit, my soundbite is I happen to agree with that. Let's find out why. Hey, I'm Kadeen. And I'm DeVal. And we're the Ellises. You may know us from posting funny videos with our boys. And reading each other publicly as a form of therapy. Wait, I make you need therapy? Most days. Wow. <laughs> oh, and one more important thing to mention. We're married. Yes, sir, we mm-hmm. are. We created this podcast to open dialogue about some of life's most taboo topics. Things most folks don't want to talk about. Through the lens of a millennial married couple. Deadass is a term that we say every day. So when we say deadass, we're actually saying facts. 100. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. <laughs> we about to take Pillow Talk to a whole new level. Deadass starts right now. So, when I played ball, I'm not going to say where because people be nosy. They'll probably Google it, though. (laughs) There was a young man who used to hang out with a particular group of ladies. I'm not going to say what their occupation is. Mm -hmm. But you can use your imagination. Mm -hmm. And typically, in the offseason, he spent a lot of time with these young ladies. One day, we were coming in for OTAs, and dude was late. We get a phone call. You know, all the guys in the re- group get a phone call. Have you seen so-and-so? Nobody's seen so-and-so. Finally, we have a team meeting. So-and-so was part of a push-in robbery. Mm. And apparently, these young ladies that he had been bringing back over time, they all fell asleep, he and the young ladies together. And when he woke up, there were young men in his apartment. They ransacked it. Yikes. Asked him for the code for the safe. Took everything. He was paid, so he wasn't really concerned about the things that he was concerned. Like, you know, he wasn't concerned about his materialistic things, nothing like that. But then when he came into the locker room after that, his first statement was, that's why you can't trust bitches. Mm. (laughs) And my first thought process in that was, can we not trust bitches? Or should you not trust the type of bitches that you be around all the time? You know what I'm saying? Facts, guy. Dead ass. 
What these bitches want from a nigga? It was Brenda, Letitia, Linda, Felicia, Dawn, LaShawn, Arnez, and Delisha. Yo, that is one of the most classic songs oh, man. of all that time. That was great. I low-key wish my name was in that, but I know Kadeen ain't common enough to probably make it. <laughs> Kadisha! Come in to make the cuts. <laughs> Oh man, but, um, shout out to DMX. Shout rest out to in DMX, peace. rest in peace. Shout out to Cisco. Yes. You know, I couldn't wait um to like it got to the point where he was like, um, one thing you gotta know, I'm gonna be a player for life. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> That's like a classic That's uh, a great song. R&B moment. Riff. Yeah. yeah. It's a classic moment. Thank but, you um, for that, baby. Let's take a quick break. Yes. And we'll come back and see how we can apply. This uh, DMX song <laughs> <laughs> and your soundbound and your story yes. to everybody got choices. Yes. And how the hardships that we're facing are directly defined by those choices. Yes. All right. So stick around. We'll be back. Hey, yo, what's good, y'all? Let me ask you a question. Can you remember how many medicines are in an HIV pill? Well, check this out. If you said two, three, or maybe even four, you're absolutely right. Most HIV pills contain three or four medicines, but you also may be able to stay undetectable with just two medicines in one single pill. Yep, there's an HIV pill containing just two medicines that may help you stay undetectable. Why might all this matter for someone on HIV treatment? Well, HIV pills are taken daily, so consider whether a pill with fewer medicines might be right for you. How many medicines are in your HIV pill? If you don't know, don't trip. Because your doctor knows. Talk to your doctor about a two-in-one HIV pill today. Visit www.fewerhivmeds.com to learn more. Brought to you by Vive Healthcare. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? I don't know. Go for a run, take a nap, read a book. Maybe show up for a friend. A lot of people spend their lives wishing they had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and to make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of that. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Deadass today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deadass. You may have heard that most people who are black have O blood type. O is commonly needed for emergencies. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help us save a life. Black excellence 
is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. So we back, guys. And the reason why I chose that song for karaoke is because we're talking about choices, right? Mm -hmm. And one thing DMX kept saying was like he kept saying different name like name after name after name right and that's going to take me to story time because in the story time this particular teammate of mine mm -hmm. always had choices and mm -hmm. he always used to run through the names of the chicks that he could talk to or had access to mm -hmm. until he got robbed right and then it was just on some fuck these bitches type shit mm -hmm. right but i want to pose this question to you kadeem mm -hmm. right how many women do you think the greatest bachelor of all time has dated? Hmm. Like Wilt Chamberlain, right? Mm -hmm. Wilt Chamberlain. Wilt Chamberlain mm -hmm. is known to sleep with like a thousand women, mm. right? A thousand women, right? Okay. Even if Wilt Chamberlain slept with a thousand women, we don't know. Some of it could be, it could be a facade. It could be a folktale. Mm -hmm. But what if he did, right? Mm -hmm. What percentage of the population is those a thousand women that he slept with? <laughs> It's a very small percentage. It's still less than 1%. Yeah. So with that being said, right, when a man or a woman stands up and proclaims that they know everything about the opposite sex, mm -hmm. based on their own experiences, mm -hmm. can we really believe that they know what they're talking about? I mean, that's very factual. And like we were trying to say for this show, uh, choices are, are intentional. Mm -hmm. And then you have people who just like mistakenly end up into these situations that they, they claim are accidents, right? Right, but it's it's not an accident. It's not if an you're, accident if you're picking the same kind of or same type of person over and over again. Mm -hmm. So um, I think it's important for us in this show today to just dissect what that looks like. You well, know? no, no, no. First, first thing is we can put certain things to rest. Right? Oh, you want to do that off the bat? Let's just put certain things to okay, rest. There's we'll nobody that. on the planet mm -hmm. that can stand up and say they know how the opposite sex acts or the same sex acts mm -hmm. based on their personal relationships. Yeah, so when people say not. that, we can stop arguing with people mm -hmm. that say, I know because I've been through this, mm -hmm. right? And we're talking about even if someone's dated a thousand people, right? Most people in the span of their life haven't dated a thousand people, mm -hmm. right? So they probably dated five. <laughs> I'll give you 10, okay? And you mean serious dating or is this just like smash? I'm, I'm, I'm talking dating, dating like dating. in relationships okay. because- Like purposeful relationships yes, or meaningful the, ones. And the reason why I bring this up is because- even with that young man, because at the time when we were having these conversations, I was 22. I was in the NFL, I was 22. He was young too. But to sit up here and say that, like something like, this is why you can't trust bitches, based on 
the women that you've dated mm-hmm. really says more about the type of women you choose to date and true. less about the women that exist in this planet. And it mm-hmm. goes both ways mm-hmm. because a lot of women sit out here and say, what, niggas ain't shit. Mm-hmm. What type of men are you dating? <laughs> For example, Sis. if you are a young man and you're in your mid-20s and you go to the same club and you meet the same women, the same age, at the same club, doing the same thing every Saturday, ultimately you're dating the same type of person. Now, there may be different variations Mm. of who that person is, but if you're at the same place doing the same thing and you're getting the same result, that means you tend to pick the same type of person. Mm. That's man or woman. So you you need to change your venue. Yes, that's one way. Change Change your venue venue also. Or... uh... Change the the type of day type change of, your um, approach. Okay, right. Right, because if you're if you're getting access to these women and you're approaching them the same way, mm-hmm. that means you're getting the same response off of that approach. Mm-hmm. Which means if this is the approach that gets this woman's attention, mm-hmm. I'm I'm dating the same person using the same approach. Mm-hmm. And if the same result keeps happening, mm-hmm. at some point something has to change. <laughs> and it's not the fact that you you know it's it's women mm-hmm. or it's men. You have to change how you choose or the discernment you have when picking a significant other. So I feel like some people are just glutton for punishment in that mm-hmm. though, right? Because I know a couple people, one person comes to mind immediately and we always think there's so many people in this world. How does mm-hmm. he end up with the same yes. kind of woman yes. who seem like they come from the same yes. place, the same area in Brooklyn? Yes. It's like... The same baggage, right. the same mindset. Right. And mm-hmm. it's just like, okay, now clearly it's not them. Yes, right. it's him. But what in that is appetizing? Like what in that scenario makes him feel like this is this is it for me? This is this is worth going right. through another round of this, right. knowing that the outcome, like you said, may not be the same result, mm-hmm. but it's giving familiar. Yes. And I can't understand that. Well, what I've deduced, because I'm not a doctor and I'm not an expert, right? The first thing you, you say is that no one is an expert in anything. So then you, you speak as if you're an expert. I'm not an expert. Mm-hmm. But what I've seen from my, my friend groups, right, is that men in particular get into a routine that's comfortable. Mm. And when you get into a routine that's comfortable, the way you are received by other people will determine who's going to um, accept your advances. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Okay. So, like I said, if you do the same thing and you're comfortable saying the same thing and meeting the same people, um, you're only going to get a response that's receptive from a certain type of person. Mm-hmm. And unless you're comfortable changing your approach, which most most men, once they get comfortable in there, and I'm, I can only speak from a man's standpoint, mm-hmm. right? Because we are tasked with being the person to approach a woman, whether it be at a bar mm-hmm. or a party mm-hmm. or at a club. And- most guys have their go-to. Like, mm-hmm. this is this is what I'm going to do, right? If your approach never changes, you're always going to find the same type of person. That's the bottom line. Period. And also, how deliberate are you about being different within the relationship if it gets to that point? Mm-hmm. Or are you exuding the same behavior and then in response getting the same behavior from these women and then saying it's all them? Mm. Whereas you can't expect a different response from them if your behavior continues to stay the same. For example, I got buddies who choose not to be exclusive with women, right? Mm-hmm. That's they make it clear. I'm going to be upfront and honest with these women and say I don't want to be exclusive. I just want to have a good time and mm-hmm. do XYZ, right? But then what happens is he he has a certain type of woman that he likes. Mm-hmm. He likes high class women who like to do 
high, high class, class women things, things right? <laughs> but then we'll complain, these bitches is gold diggers. <laughs> now, here's my thing. You made it very clear in the beginning that you're going to tell these women that you're here for a good time, not a long time, mm-hmm. and you don't want to be exclusive. So you have your things you want to get out of this relationship. They have theirs. He got upset because some of these women, not one, some of them, all re- requested that if we're going out on a date and it's somewhere I have to be, you got to get the Uber. Mm-hmm. Now, his approach has always been to show them, even though he's not a celebrity, that he's, you know, not well off, but he's doing okay. You can show him a good time. You show him a good time. Yeah. So if you show a woman that you're here for a good time, not a long time, you like to do things, nice things, you like a woman that likes to do nice things, and you're looking to gain something, preferably sex, there are women out there to be like, I'm cool to play this game. Mm-hmm. You're going to get my car. You're going to take me out to dinner. We're going to go on trips and we can have a good time. You're going to pay for the pull. Right, right. Pretty much you're going <laughs> to pay for the pull. You're going to pay for the pull, right? So, but then he gets upset and says stuff like, this is why I treat these women like this because they all the same. They all want the same thing. Mm. And I'm like, dude, how can you even say that? Right. Like, how can you say that? Mm-hmm. Conversely, right? I have a homegirl that's, all right, I'm not going to say she's in the industry. She makes a lot of money mm-hmm. as well, right? Mm-hmm. But she's also looking for the type of man that can give her the same type of life that she can give herself because you you want to date at the same level. Yeah, which is fair. I think that's right. fair. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But she also has been very honest to be like, yo, I can do for myself. I don't need no man to do anything for me. I got my own money, blah, blah, blah. So when she goes on dates... The dudes oftentimes will be like, okay, so is this date on you? Mm. And then she'll get upset and she'll be like, I don't know what's wrong with these niggas. Like, every time we go on a date, they they hesitant about their wallet because I said, well, hold on. You always lead with, I can take care of myself. I'm independent. I can do what I want. Right. But then you want him to pay for everything. That's not going to work. He said, all these niggas, she's like, all these niggas is like that. And I'm like, you keep picking the same type of guys. And you keep right. leading with the same approach. Because what some some people might take it as offense. You know what I'm saying? Like a woman, yes. for example. Like yes. She's made it clear that she can take care of herself and she can do for herself. So yes. you have a first date or you have a couple dates in and it's just like, oh, after even with us, after a couple mm-hmm. dates, I was like, yo, I got it this time. Right. You know, I got, and, and I don't think you were offended in that moment. But no. some women may take offense because they feel like, oh, this guy is trying to, you know, um, flexes his muscles or he's trying to be male dominant in the situation. Right. So he wants to pay for it. Even think about when you had to hold the door for someone one time. <laughs> you know, it's like you're trying to be a gentleman. But if you're not a gentleman, <laughs> it does piss you off. Right? Yes. I, guys, guys, let me tell you what happened. It's, it's, it's rough out here in this world. Okay? <laughs> it's we, confusing as hell. I'll say that. It was a group of us, men and women. I got to the door first. I held the door because I got to the door first. Some women walked in, some men walked in. When it got to her, she says to me, I don't got time for your microaggressions today. <laughs> and I, I was really like perplexed, confused. I said, excuse me? And she was like, yeah, I don't have time for your microaggressions today. I can get the door for myself. So I was like, I, my bad. Like I just, I was holding the door for everybody, not just you. And she was just like, I've existed in the patriarch long enough. I understand when someone is oh, trying to assert Lord. their dominance. So I said, cool. <laughs> so I let the door go, right? <laughs> I let the door go. Then we were on our way home and I drove. So she's taking the train. Mm-hmm. So they're like, hey, is everybody okay to get home? Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yeah, I live in Brooklyn. You know what I'm saying? I'm just hop on the, the uh, what is it? The West Side Highway mm-hmm. at home. She's like, oh, I'm headed that way too. Can I get a ride? I was like, I don't got time for your microaggressions today. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, 
What do you mean? I said, because of the patriarchy, I don't want to make you feel like you're not equal mm-hmm. to me. So I'm going to take my ride and you can take yours. Period. So that that uh, <laughs> that A train is headed your way. It's going your way, going. baby. And I'm petty. I ain't going to lie. It was a real petty thing for me to do. That was that was a great moment. But but I was still kind of like like upset. Right. But then also thinking about if that's her approach mm-hmm. to when she meets guys, right? It's to mm-hmm. in the, the very beginning. Put me, that line in the put sand. Put that line yeah. in the sand. And then when guys approach her with the same energy, she's then going to say all niggas ain't shit. Mm-hmm. But if your approach is fucked up, mm-hmm. your responses you get are going to be fucked up. Right. And I think a lot more people need to take inventory to their approach and the type of people that they are addressing and attracting. Mm-hmm. Because that says a lot about you. If the same thing keeps happening to you with every single person you date, at some point, you got to say, you wait a minute. Wait a minute. And then if that's the case, accept it for what it is. Yes. If that's just the kind of person that yes. you're pulling each time, that just may be what you're into. So then don't don't call me complaining about it neither. Because that's clearly what you're looking for and that's clearly what you got. Right? It's facts because I had another homeboy who kept he's <laughs> he's our age. So he's in his mid-30s. Mm-hmm. And he keeps telling me, single women out here are dumb and have nothing going for themselves, right? Only women he date. Are between 22 and 25, right? <laughs> now, I'm not saying that all 22 and 25-year-olds are dumb and don't have anything going for themselves. But I will say this. Most of the people in the world we see between 22 and 25 are still trying to discover themselves. For sure. You know what They're I'm saying? They're trying to figure everything out. And if you're in your mid-30s mm-hmm. and you're only dating that age bracket and you're expecting to find someone in that age bracket who has everything in the world figured out, you're going to be lost mm-hmm. because you're never going to find that. Mm-hmm. Like, even the greatest people of all time, we're still struggling to find out who they were between 22 and 25. Mm-hmm. But that's just another example of people making choices and then being upset at everyone else because of the choices they make. That is so factual. Listen, we got to just dive into just choices in general, right? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about choices, all right? Yes. So like I said before, choices are intentional while mistakes are accidents, right? Yes. And the wisdom to know the difference comes from the maturity to admit exactly what it Facts. is. The choices we make impact our lives, whether we admit it or not, and the lives that we live or that we want to live and lives that lives that we're happy in, our choices must reflect our true desires. So how do we do that? Let's unpack it by asking the first question. Well, let's let's unpack that first. Mm-hmm. Choices are intentional. Mistakes are accidents, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people make choices and try to mask them as mistakes. Oh, for sure. So, for example, um, in relationships... A person makes a a decision, Mm -hmm. a choice to step out Mm -hmm. of his relationship, right? Mm -hmm. Makes a decision. When they make the decision, a lot of times, if they get caught, the first thing they say is, it was a mistake. Mm -hmm. I didn't mean to do it. Mm -hmm. No, that is a choice. Mm -hmm. You decided to do this. Right. The mistake was not doing it properly and getting caught. That that was the mistake. (laughs) The mistake was not allotting for getting caught. (laughs) Right. For sure. But when you made that decision, Mm -hmm. you have to live with the fact that you made a choice. So one thing Kadeen and I have decided to do in our relationship is we always say to each other, when we make a decision that the other person doesn't agree with or isn't in alignment with our relationship, we don't try to get a cop-out answer and say, baby, it was a mistake. It was like, hey, look, this was the choice I made and I made this choice for this reason. Mm -hmm. Right? We're not in alignment because of what you want in your life and what I want in my life. How can we get in alignment? And, and can you live with this choice or should we have to find something else? Mm-hmm. And that doesn't always have to be with infidelity. That's, that could be with anything. Right. That could be with anything. You know, um, 
where you're going to live, where mm-hmm. you go to school, what time are you going to leave a party? Mm-hmm. You know, which friend do you want to hang out with uh, in this week? Or, you know, it's like there's so many different choices that happen over the course of a relationship that will reflect how you feel about your partner and the amount of respect you have for your partner. Those are all choices. Mm-hmm. And every time you, you get caught making a choice that your partner, your partner doesn't align with, it's not fair to say it was a mistake. Right. Because it was a choice. Right. Because then there's a mistake and then there's what? The apology. Yes. And then I, for at least with my husband, and I know who I'm dealing with. You don't take apologies just off no. the bat. You no. don't agree that you can just do something, mistake or not, and just say, oh, I'm sorry. And then yes. it'll, it'll change. Absolutely. Um, and also, too, when I think about it, that's why it's important for me. Like I've said in the past, when something happens and we're not aligning on it or it's something that you wouldn't have done the way I've done. That's why I feel like it's important to have the discussion Absolutely. about why and unpacking the Absolutely. why. Right. So it's like understanding where you come from, but then also saying like, damn, I have to really sit here and unpack and mm-hmm. let you know why I arrived at this result or arrived at this mm-hmm. decision. So it's not just passed off as just a random choice or as a mistake. Well, and that's important for me. It is important because I can have empathy for a choice. Understand. Don't have to agree. I can have empathy for a choice and understand where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. I can forgive a mistake. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You can't forgive a choice because that's a choice. There's nothing to forgive. That person made that choice and you have to make a decision if that choice is in alignment with your life. But a mistake, Mm -hmm. you can forgive. For example, you leave the house. You leave the house all day. You've been gone seven, eight hours and I don't hear from you all day. Mm -hmm. If you have your phone on you and I'm texting you or calling you and you're not getting back to me, you made a choice to ignore me, Mm -hmm. right? I have to then decide if I'm in alignment with that decision. Mm -hmm. You left your phone home. Mm-hmm. That was a mistake. Mm-hmm. So I'm texting and calling. You didn't do anything purposefully, mm-hmm. but you left your phone home. That's a mistake. There is a vast difference mm-hmm. between making a choice to not answer a phone and then leaving your phone at home. Right. Unless you made a choice to leave your phone home. And at that, that point, right. then we're back to square one. <laughs> then it's one. just like, well, I wasn't trying to get in touch with you know how. Right. So, And oh people well. need to understand the differences between making a choice and making a mistake. For so. sure. That is spot on, my guy. So now shout out to Tribble because um Tribble put these facts and stats up here. I love Tribble because Tribble is the one who kind of keeps us to so make sure we're saying things that are not just opinions, right? right of course. We're actually giving educated um analysis mm-hmm. based on facts and stats. So facts for example, why do smart people make dumb choices? Go ahead, baby. I always want to ask this question. Smart people making dumb choices and every now and again you get a dumb person making a smart choice. Either way, um, smart people often form their opinions based on their beliefs and the beliefs of others with whom they share close ties. Yes. It's more important for them to make decisions that are aligned with their community's values than to make rational decisions. Now, let's let's unpack that. What Mm -hmm. does that mean? Mm -hmm. For example, you know for a fact what's the right thing and what's the wrong thing to do. But say you're in a friend group where your friends just decide that they just constantly want to make poor choices, right? There are a lot of smart people who are easily influenced by their friend groups or their community because of things like, for example, tradition, Mm -hmm. right? That's just the way we do things. Mm -hmm. And even though you're a smart person, smart people also realize like, you know what, is it worth me stepping out of my moral clause for this purpose just to appease my friends? And sometimes mm-hmm. smart people will be like, yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
I'm only with my friends group for this small amount of time. Let's just have a good time. Right. YOLO. It is what it is. Yes. On some, I was about to say on some you YOLO type joint. You only yes. live once. So you know mm-hmm. what the right thing to do is. But you know what? Let me just make this decision because I'm having a good time. I'm in Vegas. I'm in Miami. There's drinks flowing. Like, let's just have a good time. So there are times where smart people make poor decisions based on influences. Right. I mean, and the smart decision or the, the, the poor choice may be an all's well that ends well type situation and there's no repercussion for that so in that moment it's just like hey we had a great moment it was funny it's something to talk about later Mm -hmm. on but will i repeat that moment maybe maybe not i'm I'm when does it become a repeat offense situation i'm I'm glad you brought that Mm -hmm. up since we're talking about relationships right you can't really get upset at someone for making a poor choice if they thought the choice was in alignment with their partner Mm -hmm. or in alignment with what they want collectively exactly you can get upset, though, if someone makes a poor choice, you have a discussion, you decide that this choice wasn't the best choice for your partner or for y'all collectively, but then you still continue to make the same choice over and over again. Mm-hmm. That's where it's like, all right, I can no longer have empathy. I've already expressed that the choice you make isn't in alignment with what I want, mm-hmm. so I'm going to move differently. Mm-hmm. Now, when it comes to choices, now you have a right to make a choice. If the person across from you continues to make choices that's in alignment for themselves and not for you, you then have to make a choice of whether you want to stay or not. You can't then put it on that person and tell them to stop. You can walk away. And if you choose not to walk away, that's on you. Mm -hmm. That's not on them no more. You know what I'm saying? That's when you get to the whole, you know, when people show you who they really are, believe them. (laughs) Right. And having enough confidence and trust in yourself to believe what you see, to move what's in the best alignment for yourself. A lot of people make poor choices by not doing that. I mean, it's the chronic case of your, you know, female best friend, for example, complaining about the dude that's been doing wrong by her all this time. It's like, girl, are we going to keep talking Mm -hmm. about the same Mm -hmm. thing over and over again? You're condoning behavior that's in turn maybe allowing him to think that this is okay and you're sticking around for it. So why are we complaining? That's a choice that you're making. And by you making that choice, it's enabling him to make the choice to continue to treat you that way. It's a very vicious cycle, y'all. Very vicious cycle. All right. So moving on to uh, why smart people make dumb choices. Second on the list, smart people may think that they know things that they really don't know. Overestimating your intelligence can cause you to make choices without first examining your knowledge. <laughs> it's interesting because you always say, uh, what, I, what I do know is what I don't know. Is that yes. how it goes? No, I... What one thing I do know is what I don't know. Yeah. And then okay. I don't know everything. And I got that from yeah. Confucius or mm-hmm. Shun Tzu. Mm-hmm. I read a lot of books about um philosophy. All right, feng shui. And, yeah. <laughs> feng shui. <laughs> no. Oh uh, the the saying I think is a wise man once said nothing. Ooh. You get it, right? Ooh. I like yes. that. A wise man once said nothing. And the the thing, um, the lesson behind it is that you learn more when you, when you listen. listen. Right. When you uh, listen and observe. Yeah. Observe. Observe. And yes. absorb. <laughs> Overthinking can cause smart people to have choices be made for them. Yes. Uh, that might be me. Overthinking. You overthinking. overthink everything. At least Man, procrastination. Listen. When you think too much, sometimes you may end up not even making a decision, forcing someone else or the circumstance that you're in to make the decision for you. Yo, my father. <laughs> Drives me nuts with this one, y'all, okay? My father, Papa, love him to death. We will be debating over something very, very simple. And in simple, nothing can ever be really simple in my family sometimes. Like, it requires so many steps. (laughs) For example, we're deciding that we want to renovate the kitchen. Mm -hmm. 
So it's like, all right, everyone's in agreement with that, right? Then it comes down to what color tile we should pick, <laughs> right? Oh, yeah, that's a so big So you'll one. have three, four, five tile choices. We narrow it down to two with very little input from him. Now we're at the two, mm. right? Top two. Time to pick a tile. Oh, I don't really know which one, you know, both of them can work or none of them can work. We're like, <laughs> all right, bro, what does that even mean? Both can work or none can work. Fine. So what we'll do, my mom, my brother, my sister and I, we'll be like, you know what? Hey, there are two shades of gray here. We're going to go with the lighter shade of gray. Mm -hmm. So we'll make the decision, right? Mm -hmm. We'll put down the light gray tile. Mm -hmm. Pay for it to get done. All that good stuff. Mm -hmm. We stand back. We're admiring the place. Everyone's kind of excited about, wow, this brand new light gray tile we got. And then what does my father say? Man, you know, if it was me, I would have go the dark one, you know. <laughs> and then everybody wants pops. to strangle him That's because it's like, bro, you sitting over here overthinking yeah. this situation or not even thinking about it at all because we're not even sure half the time what it is. But then when somebody makes a decision yeah. and makes a choice, you then will combat that by not saying, you know what, guys? I'm glad y'all took that responsibility away mm -hmm. from me. And you did a good job because, you know, I could live with this light gray tile. It looks good. It's, I would have went with the other one. Well, let me tell you Bruh. what that comes from, <laughs> right? A lot of people don't really want to make choices. You want to know why? They, they don't want to be responsibility for it. There you go. There you go. They, but, but you know what happens when they don't make the choice? They don't mind pointing out all of the flaws with the choice you made. Oh, absolutely. And that kills people in relationships, yes. right? Yes. So it's just like, you're not going to say left or right. But if we go right and there's traffic, you know, I should, I knew we should have went left. Oh, my. People do that all the time. Nothing grinds my gears like a, a person that should have, could have, would have person. You know what I call them? What? Backseat drivers. There are a lot of backseat <laughs> drivers in life, in life, right? And this is, this is, and this, this analogy works for any type of relationship, right? Backseat drivers like to sit in the back. Because it's safe back there, right? Mm -hmm. There's no buttons to press. You don't have to handle the aux cord if you're in the front. You know what I'm saying? You don't <laughs> got to drive. Pressure. You don't got to turn right or left. You don't got to decide where we're going. You can just sit in the back and enjoy the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. But you know what those people do when they sit back in the atmosphere? Mm -hmm. Complain about every choice the people in the front make. Facts. And the truth of the matter is, there are a lot of backseat drivers letting life happen to them, mm. right? You see how I said it here? A lot of times, when you don't make a choice, you allow the circumstance to make a choice, choice for you. you. Yep. And when you allow the circumstance to make a choice for you then you complain mm -hmm. about everything that's happened oh my life is messed up oh woe is me you want to know why you never want to get in the front and grab the wheel mm -hmm. and be the person to make the choice Absolutely. because once you make that choice you have to be accountable that's true i might even fall in this category quiet as it's kept y'all because what are we about on this podcast owning up to stuff and response mm -hmm. accountability and taking responsibility and i too realize how sometimes me procrastinating with things i've gotten better i will so say i'm, I've gotten I'm about better. to say you have but gotten me, better at that me though. procrastinating with things i can see how is then allowing a cir circumstance to happen to me or will leave mm -hmm. me or particular parties involved scrambling in the end and causing major stress and major issues to get something done. There's there's not there's nothing wrong with sometimes being a backseat driver in a certain situation if you don't mind supporting the driver when they made the decision. True. For example, right? One thing I will say about you, you don't like to make a decision a lot of the times. Every mm -hmm. time we come to we pick, right? But once I say we go in this direction, mm -hmm. you'll be like, all right. Facts. This is the direction we're going. Like, That's okay, it. babe, how are we getting there? What direction we got to go? What what color uh, tiles are we going to use <laughs> on the direction that we take? Yeah. And the thing is, I learned to reciprocate that because I'm a control freak, right? Mm -hmm. I love to be in the driver's seat. Mm -hmm. But what I've learned to do is, and I think this is important for people in relationships to hear, 
When you decide to be in the backseat and let someone drive, right, you now have a responsibility since you put that person in a position to make a choice is to be supportive of whatever choice they make, unless it's going to be a detriment to you, them, or you or them. Why? Because y'all are all headed to the same, the same direction. Yep. Exactly. So if you're going to be a backseat driver, which I really don't like to call it a backseat driver at this point, but if you're going to be a navigator mm-hmm. in that sense and not sit in the front, there's or a the good job. Or the co-pilot. Or the co-pilot. There you go. Right? Everybody can't drive. Right. It's okay if you don't want to make a decision. Right. Let me co-pilot. Right. Let me cope. That's a better But term. then co-pilot to the person who you know is going to drive you safely. Yes. The person who might have passed driver's ed, who might have <laughs> drove on the highway before. Right. You know what I'm saying? Who right. got a good night's rest. Yes. Who didn't have a drink before he sat down yes. or she sat down behind the wheel. So that comes a with point. a layer of- No, no, no. Choice making. Choice making that's, to decide. That's a good point. Is this wise for me to even embark on this journey with this person? That's the key. What you just said right there is the key. If you don't feel comfortable driving the car, make sure you use discernment with who you're going to let drive you around. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? At some point in life, you have to make a decision. You can't sit back and just say the universe is plotting against me. Mm-hmm. If uh, The only way you're going to be successful in life, uh, marriage, business, as a parent, is if you make decisions and live and own up to whatever consequences come with the decisions you make. That's because it. there are no losses in life. There are only lessons. Mm. So if there's a little bit of traffic on that road you took, mm-hmm. you can pivot, find another road. But as long as the road don't end, <laughs> you're fine. <laughs> right. And be okay with getting lost together. Yes. You know, getting lost together and figuring it out. You some, know? some of the best times we had in life, we yeah. were both lost because yeah. we didn't know exactly what decision was the right, right. decision. So but it was like, let's just other. make a decision. Mm-hmm. And now we're here. And now we here, right? And we <laughs> now, had each other. Now we here. It's a yes. lot easier too to kind of feel like you're empowered to make a decision or not when you have a support system that's going to be there for you regardless. Too, you know, I can imagine how scary it is as a single or as somebody who doesn't have a support system to say, "Damn, this could be a, a you know make me this. or break me situation." I gotta say, or this. decision, and I don't know which way I should go. I gotta say this as a as a man who feels like I'm the leader of my household. Right, mm-hmm. I feel confident in the decisions I make. Because I know that regardless of whether I'm lost or not, I have a co-pilot mm-hmm. who's going to be there to support me regardless. Mm-hmm. I've been able to make decisions, make mistakes, you know, because sometimes when you make a decision, you don't have control over everything. Mm-hmm. Or make poor decisions and always felt like you were going to be there. Mm-hmm. I think it's important for people who are listening to this podcast, who are in relationships, to understand what that looks like. When I walk out in the world, I never walk out alone. Mm. Because I know I got somebody with me. Mm-hmm. So, for example, when it came time to buy the property in Michigan and and no uh, rent out the property in Michigan and move back to Brooklyn, this is a decision. Was I 100% sold and sure about the decision? No. Right. But I said I have to make a decision and I have somebody with me who going to rock with me regardless of what this decision looks like. So when I made the decision to rent out the property, move back, Spend the money on the wedding. Because ultimately, yes, I asked you what you thought, but it was ultimately up to me. Mm-hmm. And I made those decisions. Hindsight's twenty twenty. We were lost after that. We should have used yeah. that money a better way. But yeah. what did we do? We had each other's back the whole sure time. Did. And never once blamed the other nope. for nope. whatever situation we were in. Nope. Now, like, we were well, upset. We yeah. We were upset. Upset at our circumstances, Yes, I upset think. at our circumstances. Never, never, there was never one person to blame. No. Because you know? I always knew mm-hmm. if anything... Your heart was in the right place if you were trying to make a decision. You weren't going right. to 
you know, purposefully bring us into, you know, mm-hmm. a life of, mm-hmm. you know, broke them and shit. But it happens. <laughs> a life of broke them. And you, you're telling the truth because on our wedding vows, when they said for richer or poorer, I said richer or richer. Yes. Because I never intended for us to ever be in a space where I couldn't provide. Right. And even though we weren't rich in those moments, you were still right there. Mm-hmm. And that also goes back to choices, right? Mm-hmm. When you make a choice, you got, there are going to be moments where you're going to look at your partner and you're going to be like, you the reason I'm in this motherfucker, <laughs> right? Because And you've had those moments. I've had those moments, yeah. right? When you start the self-loathing and you start the blame game. So when you're in a relationship and you get to that blame game portion of it, that's normal. Because mm-hmm. Kay and I have been there. Yeah. We're not going to lie and sit here and be like, the whole time we were hunky-dory. Come on. Yeah. Come on, Kadeen, let's go. Your we're, choice is my choice and my choice is your choice. No, there was a no. lot of times we was, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, who, who in the right mind does that? Uh, Why was would like she it, say that? Valor was a mistake that I swiped the credit card again. <laughs> I just don't know what keeps happening. Every time so, I go to the store, I keep swiping the card and I don't know how to deal. It was a mistake. Was a you mistake. tripped and fell. On the card Into reader. Into the card reader. Now it's the tap joint. It make it that much easier for you. Fall for a tap charge. Ladies, tap ladies charge. and gentlemen, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, this was our life in our in our mid twenties. We yeah. made a lot of poor decisions and choices. We did. We definitely did. But we had fun climbing out that bitch though, because <laughs> we, we sure put ourselves in a lot of holes though. Like I, I can laugh about it now, mm-hmm. you know. But during yeah. the time, it shit wasn't funny. It was not funny at all. <laughs> Listen, we was ready to kill each other. Yes. When smart people don't have the resources or support to feel the privilege in making choices, they often are too tired, frustrated, or apathetic about making choices. I think that's sense? we just covered that yeah. as far as. Wanting to be able to make the choice, but just don't use fatigue. Mm-hmm. Cause life is all about choice. Every day I gotta do this, I gotta do that, I gotta go here. What time am I gonna go? When are we gonna plan this? After a while, it's like I don't even want to make these choices anymore. You know which yeah. which choice for me kind of just falls under this category, I guess, um, that has become very, very mundane and daunting. What's that? What's for dinner? <laughs> I don't What's even... for dinner? What you want for dinner? Nobody ever knows what they want for dinner. That shit is annoying. Make a choice. Tell me. Give me options. The kids be knowing what they want. You yeah, just don't true. like the choice they say. Chicken fingers and fries or it's, pizza. It's not going to fly every day. It's just not. It's just not. But uh, What's wrong with chicken fingers and fries every day? No. No? No. You need variety in your you, life? Yeah. You need some vegetables. You need some other food groups in there. It's not, a, not an option. And lastly, smart people come from different backgrounds and experiences. Your history informs the choices that you make in the present. Mm-hmm. Being better choice making better choices sometimes requires that you first face your past and heal from the things that have hurt you that's the biggest one yeah that's the biggest one um kadeen and i have been trying to spend the last couple of years peeling back the layers of who we are based on where we came from Mm -hmm. and we've realized for example i like to make choices and be in control because i hate that feeling of not knowing Mm-hmm. Being in the NFL and having my livelihood uh, taken from me without any like valuable explanation mm-hmm. other than they just wanted to go a different direction made me feel like I was in the ocean with no life raft. Mm. You know, there was just so many variables I couldn't control. And now I'm stuck out here and I'm treading water. Mm. But when you're when you're treading water in the ocean and you can't see where the land is, you don't even know what direction to swim. Right. And when I first got cut from the NFL, not knowing what my second career plan plan was at the moment and trying to figure out, well, I know I want to act, but I don't know how to get there. Mm-hmm. To me, that felt like I know I want to get back to land, but I don't know which direction the land is. And mm-hmm. if I start swimming, I could be swimming in the wrong direction. Right. You know what I'm saying? Totally. 
And a lot of times for people, when you get to that point, it's like, do I just drown? Or do I just pick a place and start swimming? Right. And hope that I end up on dry ground. I am going to tell everyone, you have to start swimming. Mm-hmm. Because this is one thing I do know about water. There's land all around it. Mm-hmm. So if you swim long enough and you have much uh, more determination than the, the waves, you will find your way back to land. And also you have to learn how to be peaceful and be still. You know how the Bible says be still? Mm-hmm. You know why the Bible says to be still? Think about that same analogy, right? Mm-hmm. Be still, let the universe take control, right? Let Jesus take the wheel. If you're out in the ocean and you just lay still on your back and you tread water, the current will ultimately take you to land mm-hmm. if you allow it. Sometimes when you're so hard-headed about your choices and you just keep fighting. Fighting against the current. You're fighting against the current. Yeah. If you don't know where you're going, mm-hmm. sometimes it's okay to be still and let God take over. Let go and let God. <laughs> and I just want people to, to, if you're listening to this, when it comes to choices, if you don't know, sometimes let go and let God. You know, that's amazing. And not to laugh at your epic moment that you just made right there. I am envisioning I know what you think you about. In, we Jamaica. in Jamaica. I knew it. I knew you was going to bring up that story. Here I am trying to have a serious moment with the people. You're going to bring up when I, I almost like, died. This was amazing, Devon. It was a great way for you to tie that in and wrap it all up and put a bow on top of it. I almost died. You're making jokes. But Deval, y'all, when we were on our first trip together away out of the country, we went to Jamaica. Mm-mm. I took him back. All right. Mm-mm. We were in the grill, went to Rio and we were on the coast you know, got into a little but glass was a glass bottom boat. The glass bottom boat. I still glass have bottom boat. <laughs> PTSD from this. And I'm glad you make it light. Was just taking of my hardships. Right. You know, along the coast, and he, the, the driver was like, "You know what? I'm gonna take you guys to Rick's Cafe, man. You can go. You can jump off the cliff and all kind of stuff." So we were like, "Oh, that's interesting. Sounds good. Sounds like a good time." And nobody said that was interesting. It was us with like two other couples at the time. I Explain. Think. You got to. Two other stranger the couples. You mean we were in a boat with two other white couples? <laughs> okay. Now, that is important. No, that is important. Keep peace. That's important because white people do white people shit. Right. Right? Like, if you're in a safari, you know what the white people going to do? They're going to jump out the truck, go try to pet the lion shit. We're going to keep our black asses in the truck. I like it from here. I'll take pictures and video. Right? So go- I had no, I had nothing in me wanted to get out this damn boat. But again, why do smart people make dumb choices? <laughs> because they influence. Bringing it back to, exactly. Bringing it back to point number one. Okay. Aligned with their community values and the influence of being around other people. I can't believe so your you beliefs this went up out the right window. Now. So Deval proceeds, y'all. I was jump, jump off all, the I glass was peer pressured. Boat. I was peer pressured. All right, we were twenty two years old. These both couples were a little bit older than us. They were a little older. Right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I was in the best shape of all of the men there, mm-hmm. and we were doing the glass bottom boat, and then we get off to do snorkeling. And I put the life vest on to do snorkeling, right? And they were making fun of me because I had on a life vest. Right. They right? were like, oh, this big NFL player dude yeah. has on a life uh, vest. Everybody's laughing and joking. What do you mean, bro? Every, yeah, every, they was making all sorts of jokes and they're saying bro and laughing and calling me bro and shit. So I was getting pissed, right? <laughs> so then while we pulled up to Rick's Cafe, the kids were jumping off of Rick's Cafe and swimming up to the boat for tips. Mm-hmm. So I see all of these young kids jumping off the boat and swimming to the boat or whatever. And then one of the guys... Just man, say, man, we need to go jump off, right? And my first instinct is to be like, hell no, I ain't jumping off that cliff or getting out this boat, right? Mm-hmm. Dude was smoking a cigarette. The other <laughs> dude was smoking a cigarette. <sighs> yeah, 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 yeah. Let's go. They both jump in the water and start swimming 
to Rick's Cafe. Now, at this point, look back, and the only guy in the boat is me. <laughs> I can't be the only guy still on the boat. Listen, I was content with you being there because I had not one thing to prove to these people because we didn't see him then. See, and we wouldn't see him again. You didn't, but I had to prove. I was doing this for your honor. Listen, I was doing this for your honor because your man can't mm-hmm. be the only. They will be laughing back at you on a resort. We was in Ryu. The, the, the grill and the reunion the grill, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to come back and everybody be laughing at you because your husband didn't jump off the boat. It'd so be I cute did this to be in the reunion without you. <laughs> right. Imagine me going back to reunion without you. What that look like? I know you would have to call my re. parents. It would just be re. No, you would just be re by yourself. So I'm like, how far could it be? It looked like it was about what 200 yards. Mm-hmm. So I jump off the boat. <laughs> jump off the boat. I'm swimming because I could swim. Right? I'm not. Michael Phelps, but I can swim. So I swim. I put my head down. I swim for like smooth 30 seconds. I'm kicking. I'm kicking. I'm swinging my arms, right? I bring my head up. I look back. The boat is still right behind me. <laughs> so I've gone nowhere. Like I've done all this swimming and I'm still right it's by the fucking boat. some okay? too. So now I'm getting tired, but I push through. I keep swimming, keep swimming. I end up swimming for about like four and a half, five minutes straight. Finally got to Rick's Cafe, right? When I get there, both white boys jump off. Splash, right? Oh, come on, Ellis. Come on. They go climb up again, jump off again. At this point, I have a full body cramp, right? Full body cramp from my toes all up to my eyebrows. My whole body is like, like, nah, son. You are staying on this rock. But I'm like, I gotta do this for my my woman. Like it's for her honor. I gotta make sure I don't look like a punk, right? So I climb up there to Rick's Cafe, right? Step off. Now, the rest of them jumped. There was kids jumping off the trees at the top of Rick's Cafe. I was at the very edge at the low part. I jumped off, right? Once I hit the water, right, I don't remember hearing anything mm-hmm. because I, I went deaf for a minute. Like, the, mm-hmm. you hit the water with such impact. Yeah. It was like, like you hear the Ooh. ringing. And I still can't breathe from swimming. <laughs> Finally get to the top, climb back out to the rocks. I'm so tired, right? And now I'm watching the guys that jumped off the boat with me. They're swimming back to the boat. Come on, Alice, come on. We got to get back before sundown. We got to get back, right? People laughing, pointing at me. Ha, ha, get him a life vest. Get him a life vest. So now I'm like, dang, I can't be a punk now and get a life vest. Get a life vest. I got to swim back to the boat. I see Kadeen screaming from the boat. Oh, yeah. Yelling at the guy who was I running sure the boat. Was. Y'all got to get closer. Go get him. <laughs> Go get him. Absolutely. I was. I seen the struggle and the panic in your face. And I was like, y'all have to take this boat closer. And he said, no, nah, mama, can't. We're going to lick up on the rocks then, man. Then, well, we have no boat no more. I'm like, great. So now we can't get closer to him. He clearly can't to get to get us. So I'm like, you have to have a rope. You have to have something I can throw out had for nothing. him. So at this point, I had to make a decision. I said, you know what? I'm going to just go for the gusto, man. If I die, at least my <laughs> wife could say, she was my girlfriend at the time. We weren't even wife. We were boyfriend and girlfriend. Uh-huh. My girlfriend could tell everybody what happened Defending to Defending my honor. Because it was also the kids was pointing at me and laughing at me because they had jumped off <laughs> of the trees. And I seen them pointing and they was like, ah, and they were saying like Ross Clot or something like that. And I was getting a puss hole. And I was getting mad because I heard Ross Clot puss hole. I was getting pissed. So I jumped in the water, started swimming, got a muscle cramp, right? I said, shoot, I'm going to have to backstroke. So I turn on my back and I start floating. As I'm floating, I realized the current was taking me back to the boat. Mm. So I didn't have to do much swimming. Now, here's mm. the kicker, right? I float all the way back to the boat. I get there. I'm still tired, right? They're going to say to me when I get there, yeah, man, we were wondering why you were swimming at the top of the water. I was like, what you mean? They was like, the current. The current goes into Rick's Cafe, bounces off the rocks, and pushes you back out. 
If you want to get to Rick's Cafe faster, you go underneath the water and let the current from underneath mm. drink. That's why they got there so fast. so fast. Me at the top swimming, I was swimming against the current. That was, it was against the rocks. And it that, was pushing you back. And that's what took me so long to get back. <laughs> Man, I got back on that boat and passed Sure did. And then I was puking off the side at that point because after all the rockiness, I just had to make sure that he was back on the boat. And then I was like so seasick after that. I'm like, you know what? Get us home. So that's a perfect example of smart people making poor decisions because they're influenced by their environment. Right. Who ain't ain't that smart neither? Clearly. I'm Jamaican kids were smart. They were. I'm talking about homeboys on the boat. They got their money. I don't know, yo, the one little kid was like, ah, puss old, puss old. I wanted to fight him, but I, ain't, I had a full like body cramp. And he, that kid would have beat me up if I was swung under that point. He sure as hell would have. He was half your size. Oh, my God. <laughs> so how are we teaching our kids to make good choices? That's a pretty good question. How, how are we teaching making our, ch- our kids to make, how are we teaching our children to make good choices? I don't know if this is something that we've deliberately, I don't think I've deliberately thought about this yet. Per se, like, mm. how am I teaching you to make a good choice? I know I'm trying to in this moment, particularly with Jackson, for example, equipped him with every single scenario that I can think of sometimes mm. to make sure that he's at least prepared and aware of how a choice that he makes will affect the outcome. It could be something as simple as an right. exam, right? right? He's in middle school now. So this is a big jump, mm. you know, socially, physically, mm. um, academically for yes. him from elementary to middle mm-hmm. school so one way for example i'm teaching him how to make a choice right mm-hmm. he doesn't quite grasp the concept yet in elementary school of just studying you mm-hmm. know everyone has their different technique and way of studying right. they have their you know their little tips and tricks or their tactics that help mm-hmm. them to absorb information and all that so when i saw you know newsletters coming in from his various tub- subject teachers and stuff and they're telling me when it, exams are happening and, and tests are happening quiz mm-hmm. in the first month of school i would notice like you know i know jackson has a science exam tomorrow but i don't see him studying so hmm. so because it's new to him you know i make sure i have the conversation and i'm like hey buddy you know now that you have these different teachers different subjects happening it's going to require a lot of organization mm-hmm. on your part got him a little student agenda like i used to have mm-hmm. back in the day and here's your, your your week this is what your week looks like you put your exams on the calendar mm-hmm. so you know when you have to study leading up to that but what i realized is that i cannot tell him how to be that kind of yeah, student yeah you're taking his choices away right so what i did was instead say hey here's what worked for me right. in the past you're going to develop your own system on how to study and just make sure whatever system you develop is effective enough for you to bring home them A's. Because if you don't bring home the A's, it's going to be a problem, right? right? So what ends up happening? Jackson, after knowing all of these things, because of course, too, I don't want to micromanage him or I don't want to be mm. that mom that's like helicopter mm. mom trying to you know do, make all of the, the, the decisions right. for him because we've also seen the detriment in children who have become adults where their parents were always making the choices for them. And then here they are adults and don't know how to even make a choice for themselves. Mm-hmm. So I never want that to be the case, but he'll know the consequence. So if you don't study for a science exam, for example, yes. and you bring home an 80, then you're going to have to talk to me about why you brought home an 80. Was it an 80 because you weren't prepared because you made the choice not to study? Or was it an 80 because you genuinely didn't understand the stuff? And you talk or, about under- an 80 like it's a 55. You under- just said 80 with the disgust in your face. Absolutely. Man. Absolutely. I got a lot of 80s in my day. I'm doing all right. You're doing all right, but the standard is I up here. know. You, you, already you already know what time it is, they, right? they get anything less than 95, then kids be ready to cry. Yeah, no. I mean, it's not that bad, but... Oh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Is it? 
Yes, it is. Jackson is terrified to get anything below a 95. Oh, And Cairo amazing. has gotten all hundreds on this first. He's in kindergarten. Right, yeah. And he's gotten all hundreds so far. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, all he got to know is the color red is red. Right. But if he don't, if he gets one wrong, he's concerned. But there's a difference for me, though. There's a difference in, like, so, for example, when they do get something incorrect or you come home with something in the 80s or, or 70s even, right? Because we've been there mm-hmm. with them, uh, with Jackson particularly. It's more of a concern for me to say, okay, is this material that you do not genuinely understand and we have to now get you a tutor or sit down and unpack why you may not understand this stuff or is it just from the choice to just not study in that moment and just allow yourself to take the exam let me tell you something okay and the chips fall where they may let me tell you what it is right and i've noticed this with with moms Mm -hmm. my mom with your mom with most of the moms that i've helped did i inherit this too yes you've inherited you've inherited this right (laughs) okay a lot of times you guys care so much about your children Mm -hmm. right that you protect them from the consequences that come from the decisions they made. Right. Which right? I'm trying to avoid. Which you can't do. Mm-hmm. As a dad, I've heard other dads say the same thing. Oh, he did that. Let him deal with it. And mm-hmm. the mom's like, no, that's my baby. I'm not letting him deal with it. One, the way I'm teaching my boys how to learn how to make better choices is teaching them to deal with the consequences that they get from the choices they make when they're young because the stakes aren't as high. Mm-hmm. So, for example, like you said with Jackson and the reading thing. I remember when he first got to fifth grade and they transitioned from um, in-school, no, from virtual virtual learning back to in-school. And Mm -hmm. he wasn't taking it as serious. Mm -hmm. And you was on him every day. Did you read? Did you read? And I said, yo, just relax. Mm -hmm. Then he got his reading grades and one grade was a 65, I believe. Yeah, I think that one grade like dropped his average. Dropped his average down. And I think he had got a 65 for Mm -hmm. something. And he was distraught about it. Mm -hmm. But the point of the matter was, unless he feels what it's like, to get a 65 right. and know he don't want it, he'll always continue to think that my mom is going to create a space or save me from whatever the consequences right. are. Right. He I'm had not doing to, that. He didn't study the way he was supposed to. He got a mm-hmm. 65. I then told him, you get another 65, you can't play basketball, and you have to go to tutoring. Mm-hmm. Those are the consequences. Mm-hmm. You give them those consequences when they're young enough and then they can make decisions to change the outcome. Right. That's how you teach them how to make better choices. Unlike some parents who will stay on their kids nonstop and make sure that they, like you said, teach them how to study, but call them every day to make sure they study. Mm-hmm. Literally put the pencil in their hand and sit them down. And right. then when they get to college and it's time to make choices on your own, they don't know how to make choices. Listen, I'm not telling you, I'm not itching to take that agenda and write down every email that I've gotten from his teachers and, mm-hmm. and organize everything for him just because I know I thrive in that kind of environment. Right. And academically, I see Jackson, we have a lot of similarities. Yes. So that's why instead of doing that, because I fear that, I mm-hmm. fear having boys who are then becoming, you know, weak men or weak young men because mm-hmm. they just feel like they're not equipped and don't know how to navigate mm-hmm. the world and make the choices that are best for them. So as much as I want to... I think I've it's finally clicked to me um, a couple years now. Like I haven't been mm-hmm. nearly as, you know, hovering or mm-hmm. helicopter mom with the kids as I used to be or want to be mm-hmm. because I really think it's important that they are equipped and armed with, right. you know, all of the essentials to make sure that they're making the right choices. So, all right, y'all, we're going to get into this money real quick. Take a break and we'll be back. Hey, yo, what's good, y'all? Let me ask you a question. Can you remember how many medicines are in an HIV pill? Well, check this out. If you said two, three, or maybe even four, you're absolutely right. Most HIV pills contain three or four medicines. 
but you also may be able to stay undetectable with just two medicines in one single pill. Yep, there's an HIV pill containing just two medicines that may help you stay undetectable. Why might all this matter for someone on HIV treatment? Well, HIV pills are taken daily, so consider whether a pill with fewer medicines might be right for you. How many medicines are in your HIV pill? If you don't know, don't trip, because your doctor knows. Talk to your doctor about a two-in-one HIV pill today. Visit www.fewerhivmeds.com to learn more. Brought to you by Vive Healthcare. You may have heard that most people who are black have O blood type. O is commonly needed for emergencies. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help us save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Ladies, are you tired of trying new hair remedies and TikTok recipes only to keep seeing excessive shedding and breakage? Say goodbye to the struggle and hello to Miel's incredible sea moths collection, the superfood for your hair and scalp. Packed with 90% of all the essential minerals your hair needs, this collection is a game changer. Experience maximum hair retention for all hair types. Embrace the beauty of healthy, nourished hair with My LC Moss Collection because your hair deserves liberation. From the CMOS shampoo and conditioner to the CMOS curl pudding, the CMOS gel hair mask, the CMOS anti-shedding bundle, and more. Formulated for individuals looking to maximize hair retention, this collection helps reduce excess shedding due to breakage. The two powerhouse ingredients in this collection, CMOS and Saw Palmetto, are what makes it the superfood for your hair and scalp. And remember, it's made for all hair types. CMOS, another Myel product collection for you to love. From one queen to another, shop Myel at Myel.com, Walmart, or your local beauty store today. And we're back from our quick break. Mm -hmm. We made a choice to come back because we love y'all. <laughs> I like that. And I'm going to make a choice and to be a gentleman. And it was no mistake. <laughs> no, it was no mistake. Here. <laughs> I'm going to be a gentleman and let my wife go first. All right, go sounds good. I'll read number one. Dear Kadena DeVal, I've been with my man Sean for a year, but we've been dating on and off for four years. I've had an issue with his female friend. Mm. They had sexual relations before me and him started, and him, before me and him, mm. and started dating. But although their sexual relationship has stopped, I feel some type of way about it. We all work together. But the way she looks at him bothers me. Mm. Um, girl. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Like she's not over the fact that he finally has a girlfriend now. He tells me that they're just friends, but when they talk, she looks at him like she's so in love, like mm. constantly laughing at his corny ass jokes <laughs> and stuff like that. It makes me uncomfortable she because she, <laughs> she's just like, I want to just beat this little bitch in her head. <laughs> I know, right? Um, it makes me uncomfortable because Sean doesn't see the issue because he says he's not cheating and he doesn't want her in that way. Also, when he first told her that we were together, she had an attitude and I still don't know why because I don't know this girl at all. But now it makes sense because she's not over him and it shows. Mm. I don't think he's sleeping with her. However, I feel that those friendly interactions should be at a minimum, especially since he's in a committed relationship now. Am I tripping or is he too blind to see that she still wants him? I always wonder that. Do guys choose to see or not see if a woman is into them? Because I know you've told me, even mm. though we're married, mm. that you can tell when you're around a woman who, yeah. if you, yeah, I can tell. Who's you know, into me. yeah, if you threw that ball yeah. up, them balls up, <laughs> them balls they, up, they dunk the it. You nasty, <laughs> ah, you nasty. That's my wife. That's not where I intended for it to go. <laughs> However, um, yeah, like you know as yeah, a man when a woman is yes. into you or would be into you if yes. you was about it. So yes. what do you think in this circumstance here? Because I'm with homegirl. I'm ready to fight her. That's the, you see, know? This, is, this is the problem. I'm ready to and fight here comes her. a double standard, right? <laughs> because women have male friends. Mm -hmm. And y'all always say all the time, it's just like, oh, he's just a friend. I control everything. So don't worry mm -hmm. about it. He can do nothing. Absolutely. We can do the same thing. Absolutely. We do the same thing. I mean, I believe it. I believe it. I'm I just know. saying, in her particular scenario, I think it's a very common scenario. I guarantee you she has male friends. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure she does. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't, I have never met one person that says I only uh, commingle with the people who have the same genitalia as me. <laughs> like, that's just not, like, that's not a prerequisite to being friends. And what doesn't help is if the person's attractive. Like, forget that. Like, right. don't have an attractive friend because then it's right. like, oh, there has to be a reason why they're actually. Look, the truth just of the matter friends is. and platonic at that. This goes back to choices. He, every day, has to make a choice if he wants to be with his girlfriend. Or if mm -hmm. he wants to be with his his friend, ex-flame. Mm -hmm. If he's continuously making the choice to be with you mm -hmm. and you continue to focus on that girl, you are going to become the problem and not that girl. Mm. You have to understand and let people show you who they are. If he's showing you that he wants to be committed to you and she's still laughing at his corny jokes, let her laugh at the corny jokes. Until he decides that he wants to disrespect you, why is this even a problem? Because what you can't do as a person is try to block everybody that's around your significant other that gets exhausting and also looks corny right like every time a guy comes around you i'm pretty sure 99 percent of the guys and probably the women that are around you would have sex with you if they had the the, the chance right right and okay. same goes for you yeah. right so am i gonna sit here and look at everybody's giggle every time you make a joke because <laughs> right. your jokes don't be funny but niggas be laughing my jokes are very funny to <laughs> why now. you look at me like that <laughs> Because my jokes be funny. Not all of your jokes. Sometimes your jokes be landing a little flat. You know what I'm saying? I, I've been trying to work with you on how you tell stories so that you get to the punchline a little later rather than giving it away early. Oh, but, but that's, that's neither here nor there. That's why you do story time and not me. <laughs> I just add, I add the razzle-dazzle, y'all. <laughs> that's all I'm responsible you for. You definitely do bring the razzle and the dazzle. <laughs> but my point is, is that people are going to be attracted to you as that's my true. wife. Like, what true. am I supposed to do? I can't walk around with a guard up and just be so defensive. I get it. You I know think in I'm her saying? circumstance, because they've had a sexual past, you know, it's a little bit harder that's for her happened. to move on from that. But also, sis, you don't want your insecurity to show, particularly Facts. to her either. Facts. Because then, 
the last thing I always said I ever wanted was some other bitch to have something on me, right? Mm-hmm. And that feeling alone mm-hmm. is enough to make you crazy. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that she's not exuding that insecurity around homegirl too, because you know, girls too, they they want to play the game. She might be turning shit up just because she knows it gets under your skin. That's a good point. And she, she might just be doing, doing it just to do it because she could. that's how some people are. But right. if your man hasn't given you any reason, sis, right. to doubt him right. and to make you feel as if there's legitimately right. something going on here, right. let that bitch keep laughing. Yeah, let her, let, her, let her laugh at your jokes. Keep laughing at the corny ass jokes. Because here's the thing. I mean, I've learned this from some of my, my lady friends. There is nothing more attractive than a man that gets attention from other women but still focuses on his woman. Mm. This is what my lady friends tell me. Agreed. When you, when you have a man that he knows who he's committed to, can still entertain and joke and kihi with these other women, but then be like, yo, peace, I got to go home to my wife. Or it's like, hey, it's about my wife. That's attractive to them. Mm-hmm. So you have to, exp- nobody wants somebody that nobody want. True. I know that. <laughs> when I when I send Kay in the restaurants, if nobody looking at her the way I think they should be looking at her, I'm like, yeah, we need to go home. We need to change the outfit. Because <laughs> I ain't see enough eyes that way. You know what I'm saying? Like, we got to figure something out. Right. right. And you should expect that. If, you, if <laughs> your man or your woman looks good, it's like, shoot. Yeah, they have All charisma. Right? Yeah, you expect that. And that never changes, man. When you get married, people are going to be attracted to your significant other. The same Touché. reason why you were attracted to them. Absolutely. That doesn't go away when they get a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. So. You know, just unless they prove to you or show you something different, make the choice to be in a good space. Absolutely. Don't allow the what ifs to create an environment that's Man. uncomfortable and now your relationship is going down the drain. Because then ain't nothing happening. worse than you harping on something, putting 100 on 10 on something that is nothing. And then you, in turn, alter the entire mood mm-hmm. of your relationship because mm-hmm. you're just harping on something that may not even be. Mm-hmm. You know? That is a fact. that shit sucks too. That's a fact. Good luck to you, says tell Sean to get it together with homegirl. <laughs> shit. Sean, keep telling jokes, all right? <laughs> what these bitches want from a nigga laughs. Somebody That's what they want. Know. They want to laugh, Sean. Keep them laughing, all right? <laughs> hey, yo. <laughs> Number two. Hey, Kadeen and DeVal. Just want to say I love you guys so much. You're my big siblings in my head. Thank you so much. I'm a young first-time mom, 23, who had my child five months ago. Congratulations. My fiancé, 28, had a child prior to our relationship, making this his second child. While pregnant, he gave me the option of not working since I was finishing up my last year of school and I had a job lined up two months after I graduated. When switching to a one-income household, we've had a lot of financial issues, which tends to happen. I now work from home and I take care of the baby as well. Since the day she was born, I've been the only one up taking care of her at nights and throughout the day. Since my baby is breastfed, uh, is a breastfed baby, my fiance says there's no point in him waking up and losing sleep since he has to go to work and there's nothing he can do. Since having the baby, uh, he never took time off of work. He leaves at 6 a.m. and doesn't get home until 9 p.m. now since he has to go to his other child's football practice. But that time our baby is already in, by that time our baby's already in bed or going to bed. Sounds like me getting up mm, early and then that was you with Jackson, Jackson being done. And Cairo, yeah. yeah, I'm also expected to make sure the house is tidy and there's food ready and to still be intimate while running on three to four hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. I have no family or help where I am. That's that's a tough one. Yeah, since all of my support system and family is back home in Brooklyn and only and it's only my fiance here. His family lives an hour away from us, but they do not help out at all. When I express to my fiance that I feel like a single parent doing majority of the work with the baby, this is a tough one. With the mm-hmm. baby, he sa- he says, I'm disrespecting him as a father and that he's working to provide for the house and he's there when he's available. 
I express to him that I'm not trying to disrespect him, but clearly just tell him how I feel and everything gets spun around to me being at fault. Since having my baby, he has never, she said my baby, y'all baby, but since having my baby, he has never checked in with me to see how I'm doing mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. That's not good. Mm -hmm. During my pregnancy, I suffered with prenatal uh, depression and started therapy. I'm at a point where I'm starting to resent him and just keep my feelings to myself to avoid arguments and it all being my fault. I don't know what to do or what to say anymore. Is there any advice you can give? Um, thank you for all you do for the people and the culture. And I'm so happy for you all to see the growth and success. Caribbean Brooklyn represent. Hey. Much love. Caribbean massive. Wow, this is a difficult one. Difficult one because I know what mm. that feeling is like. Mm. Pregnancy, baby, postpartum. And she had prenatal depression. Yeah. So chances are postpartum depression was right around the corner for her right. regardless. And that lack of sleep makes yes. you crazy and the body healing makes you crazy. Yes. The hormonal imbalance and mm -hmm. the readjustment makes you even crazier. And it's just really, really unfortunate that they don't have someone or a family or a system right. to or a village to lean on because that's ultimately what got us through yes. these rough patches. But one thing I will say, Deval, was deliberate about being with each of my pregnancies, yes. particularly the last, the last three. three was um, very in tune with me, uh, mm -hmm. trying to make the atmosphere the best that it could be for, be for me to be low stress, mm -hmm. um, checking in on me, making sure that I was okay mentally, mm -hmm. physically, um, being one. and and, and but, but also, too, he was out. You were out working. I was out working 14, you were 16 out working hours like a day. Ridiculous hours. At one point, you were getting up some, some mornings, 5 a.m., a little before 5. A little before to 5, 445. Yeah, to get to a client for 5, 530. 530, yeah. And you'd be in the gym till 10 p.m. Yeah. And it was just, a, for me, in that moment, just a sacrificial period that I saw it as. Mm -hmm. But it's easy for me to see it as that because I was able to take a break sometimes by having help from well, my mom. Well, this is the thing, though. I, I think uh, oftentimes when people are in these these situations, they don't recognize what their significant other's going through. Mm -hmm. For example, we had a couple of friends who just recently went through this, right? And um, the gentlemen are all upstanding gentlemen. So when I'm giving you these examples, I'm giving you these examples with dudes who are not douchebags mm -hmm. and women who are not just selfish, money-hungry women. But mm -hmm. these are dudes who work work full-time jobs, who gave their uh, baby's mother or their wives mm -hmm. the opportunity to stay home yes. while they provide because they know how difficult it is. Right. Um, they also don't have a ton of help, but they've had help. Mm -hmm. The gentlemen often feel like, I'm the one waking up early in the morning. I have to be outside the house, away from my child, and providing you with the opportunity to stay home. Mm -hmm. So I'm giving you a privilege. Mm -hmm. Whereas the women often feel like I'm the only one that has to be up every two and a half hours yep. with this child. Mm -hmm. Even though I'm home, I never get a chance to sleep. You get a break because you get to go to work and deal with just adults. Mm -hmm. Right? There's no wrong here. Both can be right at the same time, and both people can also feel the way. This is what you got to remember, gentlemen. Navy SEALs go through training, right? And there's a part of the training where they call it sleep deprivation training, mm -hmm. where they make the Navy SEALs stay up for 36 hours. Because once you stay up past 36 hours, your ability to function cognitively starts to dissipate, mm. which means you, you are not again. emotionally or mentally at your best. Mm -hmm. So imagine being a woman and you've been up every two and a half to three hours for the past, I say, six to nine months. At the very At, least, if yeah. you're breastfeeding, this is where you are. Right. So realistically, you can't be expected to function at the same cognitive 
place as your significant other. Mm-hmm. So when people say, oh, my wife is crazy, she postpartum, she's not crazy, bro. Right. She's really going through something, mm-hmm. right? So if you understand that as a man first, you approach this differently, mm-hmm. right? Meaning what I did, and this is what I talk about all the time, I said, my wife is going to need help. Do I want to live with my mother-in-law, my mom, my dad, my father-in-law? Do I want to live with anybody except my wife? No. <laughs> I want to live with just my wife so we can walk around naked and do what we want to do when the kids... I want to do that. But I do also understand that there is going to be a point in my life where my wife is going to need help. Mm-hmm. And even though I can provide her with the space to be at home with the kids all day, that's not necessarily a fucking break. No. Nope. I think You understand what I'm I saying? I think people think or or men may think this and I think this goes for like even some of our friends who we've had to kind of, you mm-hmm. know, talk off the ledge in some moments yes. recently. They think that because you're outside, you're in the house that it's a break. Yes. Like the fact that you don't have to leave the house. Yes. Like, oh, we're vacationing now. We just sitting at home chilling all day watching yes. TV doing nothing just watch just watching the baby. Oh, sleep when the baby sleeps. It's right. virtually impossible to do that. Right. It's virtually impossible. So, yeah. Sorry, I just wanted to put no, that no, out there I, I appreciate as a that. part of it. I, and I want to use that to segue into this, too. It's also unfair for a woman to feel like you get a break when you go to work. Mm-hmm. No, I, right? I, don't, I never because, thought that way because I'm like, shit, you up just as early as me and you're dealing with people. Absolutely. Every day. But a lot of times women feel like, oh, you get, you get a break. You get to go to work. It's like I've been working nonstop. I got up at four in the morning. I had to go to the gym. Had to help open the gym. I had clients all day. I was on my feet all day. And then the minute I get back home, you want to throw the baby in my face and say, it's your turn. When does that man get a break? Mm-hmm. And this is where it requires empathy on both parties. Yeah. No blame blame. Yep. All right. You both made a choice to have a child. Mm-hmm. So since you made the choice to have a child, you both have to sacrifice and contribute. Gentlemen, I'm going to give you some of the best advice you've ever heard because men don't talk about this. If you have the possibility to bring in someone to live with you for at least the first month or two, mm-hmm. or at least come over and, and be a night nurse, mm-hmm. like one of our other friends do, right. do it. Mm-hmm. Do not say, my wife can take care of it because she's going to be home all day with the kids. Right. I'm giving you some insight mm-hmm. that men, we don't talk about this enough. Mm-hmm. That woman, the person who's home all day with the kids needs a break. Kadeen and I... Because we travel so much, her mom is at home with the kids a lot of time. You know how many times we come home and be like, yo, mom need a break. Mm-hmm. So it's not just about your wife. It's taking care of the people who are in the child care services. <laughs> right. So whoever's taking care of your child, mm-hmm. if you really want that person to be the nurturer that they need to be in order to have a successfully grown child, you have to give them breaks. Yep. It's unfair for you to think that since she's home all day, she's going to be fine. Now, women, I'm going to give you some advice. Accept the help. Thank you. Thank you. Except Because you, we you remember we went through that. Go ahead, I talk to him. Sure as talk hell, to him. I sure as hell have been in moments when I felt like I could do everything. I still feel like I can do everything, even with assistance in the home. My mother and father being here full time. Mm-hmm. And I still feel like I can do everything. Mm-hmm. And even with them here helping to take care of the children, mm-hmm. I still, with work and children, mm-hmm. had a near breakdown the other day <laughs> with my husband and our manager like, I guess I might have to fold now and find someone to an assist assistant. me, like an assistant. Yeah. Because there are just way too many moving parts on any random given mm-hmm. day. You know, what we have now is a production team that has staff members that need things and mm-hmm. need flights. And, and they're just things that I just don't have the mental capacity to do anymore. Except to be accepted. <laughs> to, right. Accept the help. Yes. Be okay with having someone who is yes. trusted 
to allow you the space to just breathe sometimes. And we talked about that it. That is so necessary. Mommy guilt is real. Absolutely. That feeling like you don't want to let your child, especially a newborn, be with someone else. Yep. But do yourself, your relationship, and your partner a favor. Mm -hmm. Allow someone to come help. It's unfair for you as a woman to say, I do this all day. Now when you come home, it's your turn. Right. It's unfair for you as a man to say, I'm the one to go go out to work. So you got you got to stuck doing all of this stuff at home. Mm -hmm. It's unfair. Right. And and it doesn't have to be paid help. Right. If you have friends that you trust, if you have family, don't be afraid to open your mouth and say, listen, I really need a breather for a couple of hours twice a week. You will be shocked what allowing your wife mm -hmm. to just get a reprieve and take a nap yeah. for four to five hours twice a week will do for her Those ability were the to function. Best moments. It, yes. and, and at that time, we in, when we lived in Brooklyn, we didn't have someone living with us physically. No. Only because of the distance now that we don't have mm -hmm. our family members close by. But right. man, let me tell you, my mom used to come by, my sister used to come by and be like, yo, I'll watch the baby for you go and take just a go nap. take a nap. Mm -hmm. And then I will fight it sometimes like, well, I can nap with the baby. No, no, mm -hmm. no. Take the baby out of the room and get some uninterrupted yes. sleep. If you can arrange that, sis, for yourself, two to three times a week at the very mm -hmm. least to start. I know it's hard when you're breastfeeding. It's all on you. Mm -hmm. Start pumping. Give them some bottles if you're okay with that. Yes. Allow other people to help you yes. because that is very necessary. And, and, and both of them need to understand that lack of sleep, sleep deprivation thing is real. Yeah. When people say that pregnant women or women that are postpartum be going through like they just act crazy, it's not them acting crazy. Mm -hmm. You can't expect a person who's going off of minimal sleep to mm -hmm. function as a normal There's adult no human for the first nine months after having and a baby. And add the hormonal imbalance it's imp it's and impossible. rebalance. Forget it. It takes it's a full nine to, nine to 12 months for your hormones to even recover. Yes. To be normal again. And sleep deprivation goes both ways. Because mm -hmm. if that man is up at 4.45 to go to work. Mm -hmm. And then he's working until 10 p.m. And then come home and you throw the baby in his face. And he doesn't get to bed until 12.30, 1 o'clock. Now he's sleep deprived. Right. So you have two sleep deprived people. Looking oh, at each man. other like that motherfucker crazy. Right. When it's really both of y'all are just exhausted. In walks resentment. Yes. That's it. So baby, do yourselves a favor. If you, this is the advice. Y'all sit down, figure out what type of help you need. Speak to whoever you have in your family to help you and get it done. Yeah. Don't try to do it on your own. Don't feel guilty for needing help or asking or requesting for help. Mm -hmm. Just get the help you need, baby. That's a fact. All right, y'all, if you want to be featured as one of our listener letters, email us at deadassadvice at gmail.com. We can't wait to hear from you. Facts. That's D-E-A-D-A-S-S-A-D-V-I-C-E at gmail.com. All right. And it's time for Moment of Truth. We're talking choices today. Everybody got choices. Yes. Choices, mistakes, accidents, intentionality. So many words thrown around today. Do you have a moment of truth that the listeners can take away a little tidbit this that a kind tidbit. of summarizes everything for you? You get one life. That life is going to be filled with choices. The choices you make are going to determine the trajectory of your life. People often be afraid to make choices because they don't want to make a mistake. There's no such thing as a mistake. There's no such thing as a loss. There's only lessons. Mm -hmm. You make a decision. You live with whatever decision you make. And whatever you have to do to ascend from that decision, you pivot and get it done. Period. It's simple. It sounds more complex, but it's simple. Make a decision, stick with the decision, and be strong enough to say whatever the consequences that come with this decision, I'm going to rock with it. That's how you don't let life happen to you. Mm. Same thing in relationships. Mm. Make cognitive decisions about how you want your life to be, who you want your life to be with, 
and you just decide how you're going to get there. Don't let the dating world happen to you. Don't mm-hmm. let the whole internet happen to you. Yep. Make decisions for yourself and stick with those decisions. That's a fact. Don't let it happen to you. That's a great one. And lastly, my, my bad. And lastly, mm-hmm. when you're thinking about significant others, right? Mm-hmm. And you before you spew out your mouth that all women or all men act like this, mm-hmm. ask yourself if you ever dated all women and all men. <laughs> and then ask yourself, have my experiences in my life been a product of who I'm dating or who of, of who's dating me or who I chose to date. Mm. It's the last thing. Wrap who I chose to date. Wrap it up. Put a bow on him, y'all. Deval's <laughs> on it today with the uh, moment of truth time. I guess my moment of truth is if you're deciding to be, how do I put this? If you're deciding to be the backseat driver or the co-pilot in this car, first of all, know who the fuck you're getting in the car with. <laughs> a, okay? Be okay with that person making a choice and you following their lead. And this is particularly for relationships. Yes. And if you're not okay with the car that you're in because of the person that's driving, get in another fucking car. Talk about it. Walk. Talk about Uber it. it. Talk Take about the it. train. Take the bus. Talk about it. Get a donkey. Talk about it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, Talk about it. Don't, don't just feel like you have to be trapped in a car. Never stop. Co-piloting and backseat driving to some dude or some chick that has you going awry. Never stuck. Always Focus on choices. what the journey is. Focus on what the task is at hand. And make sure that you are strapped in and co-pilot to somebody who's worth that. Because if not, baby, there's accidents. Oh. Like car accidents. <laughs> and don't nobody like those neither. Because then your car insurance goes up and then Geico drops you. And then what? You're really going to be on foot or donkey or whatever. Kate taking this analogy to a whole nother level. She told niggas get a donkey. <laughs> Talked about car insurance. Shouted out Geico. Geico did not sponsor this they podcast, sure but they need to. So they sure as hell did. As much as as, as freaking car insurance Facts. be nowadays, shit. Facts. Exactly. But that's the long story short. Know who the fuck you in the car with, y'all. All right. <laughs> and know where y'all going. Because everybody gets affected that way. All right. We love y'all. Thanks for, for tuning in for another episode of yes. Season 9 Dead Ass Podcast with Kadena Deval. And be sure to follow us on social media. Dead Ass, the podcast is our podcast page. And I am Kadena I am. And I am Deval. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Deadass. Buckle up, baby. Deadass is a production of iHeartMedia Podcast Network and is produced by Denora Pena and Tribble. Follow the podcast on social media at Deadass the Podcast and never miss a thing. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. 
Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com.